Welcome to the Walk Type Podcast. Today we receive Thomas from Avenues of Awakening, which is, and I will quote the website, a platform for exploration and discovery of topics concerning individual and collective awakening. He works in media production, but recently took advantage of those skills and started producing high-quality content on YouTube, where he talks about his own understanding of awakening and healing. We went through a bunch of topics, as we usually do. Both of us even read poems, and it was lovely to get to be in his presence. His links are in the description. Also, if nature, well-being and art is of your enjoyment, please come check the daily content we post at walktype.com. Without further ado, here's the episode. See you around. Walktype! Okay, we're here. <laughs> That's not a normal thing. But, okay, it's me, Brandon, and Rui, and we're here with Thomas. Howdy. A good friend of mine. Hey, hey. Uh, when I was thinking about what to talk about today, I immediately just came to my head. Your website, Avenues of Awakening. Why not? Not specifically your website, but the 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 headline there, Avenues of Awakening. Let's get into that. Sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah, absolutely. Would you like me to talk about it a little bit? Yes, please. Sure. So I've been, you know, gestating this idea for a, a website and podcast called Avenues of Awakening for a lot of years now, and it's taken me a long time to get ready to do it. Um, so, you know, God bless uh, that part of COVID. I had some more time at home and I've been working on it little by little and finally have some, uh, some content up. But basically the idea to me over many years of working with spiritual uh, groups and within myself is I, the way I conceive of it is there's kind of three aspects, generally speaking, of awakening. And the first is kind of the who am I at its deepest core, your, your absolute identity enlightenment, realization, those kinds of things. And that's where a lot of my focus was for the first, most of my 20s, really. The second part to me is about like uh, knowing, going within, healing, um, making the unconscious parts of yourself more conscious. And a lot of people I know went through that process, still going through it, but it was pretty intensively so for about five or 10 years. And then finally, I think something we're all in right now is more of a purposeful thing. Like how can I uh, present my my interests, my gifts, talents, what do I think is important, and how do I want to develop and become in this lifetime, basically. So to me, that's kind of like, I think of it as a triangle. Those are the three main aspects that have kind of crossed through my life and in a lot of my friends. And of course, there's plenty more than that that you can get into, like all the metaphysical things. Um, so that's why I use the word avenues. There just seems like there's so many, you know, many paths up the mountain. So yeah, so with avenues, there I think there's so many. Yes, there's so many ways that you can approach it. Well, but 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 oh, first, you have to get an idea of what it is you're trying to approach, right? So I think about that all the time. Like, how, why do some people find themselves here, looking or engaging in that way, and then others just don't? What what is that? Something I I think about because for me personally. I kind of just, I feel like I fell backwards into this whole thing. <laughs> um, <clears throat> like, uh, what do you, yeah, what do you mean by that? Yeah, I, I just, I was just doing my life, you know, 
I was really miserable. <laughs> and I basically got so miserable that I woke up. <laughs> like I wasn't seeking anything or looking. I didn't even know, you know, it was a thing. Like I it happened to me and then I was like, what was that? And then I had to go. Um wow. I kind of engaged it in reverse. <laughs> so I always wonder how does that work the other way? I'm always curious. Right. And I've in in my you know, observations, I've seen a lot of people approach this in, in the kind of originally through the path of suffering, you might say. <laughs> so I always love thinking about, you know, you, we read Eckhart Tolle and you always hear his like beautiful grounded transmission presence, you know, but what is often neglected is the, you know, several years of hell that he went through, <laughs> like living on a park bench, basically. So that, that part of the story is often neglected, but I've seen several people fall into it through suffering or a shock, basically. Um, mine was really, I don't think it was that way. It was more through curiosity, just like finding one step and then like, oh, well, that, how, how much further does it go from that? Oh, what's beyond that? And it was more of a curiosity um, aspect that kind of pulled me into it, I would say. But that, that's cool. That's cool. So like, it's like you follows your nose then. It's like, huh, a little, little curiosity, the right question or the right situation. Did you, did you encounter it first? Like, did you um, hear about it through like a, uh, some teaching or something or or was it just a like literal interest in yourself like in your in, in diving into the cell i think it was more just instinctual i think i have to credit my choice of this lifetime or my parents you know i could credit them as well um because i grew up on a very large farm a christmas tree farm in south carolina and that gave me so much time to myself just to walk around and like contemplate and reflect and it wasn't really conscious at that point it was just that was how I lived. And it gave me so much time kind of naturally just for thinking about this stuff. And, wow. you know, you start to connect the dots in, in your own history and see how this stuff works. And so, like, I originally wanted to go into astrophysics because, oh, the stars, that's where the answers are, <laughs> you know. That's the deepest answers I can find in the scientific paradigm. And then sh eventually I took, you know, a physics class in college. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm not going to do I'm not going to do this. It's too much math. <laughs> but, um. <laughs> So then it was like, well, what's what's beyond that? I was like psychology. So I did uh, majored in psychology, um, thinking that was where the answers were, which you know has its own side. Eventually, I canceled that as well because Western psychology didn't seem to to, to do it. But um, I ended up uh, studying media production. So here we are today, doing uh, with equipment setups and everything. I'm pretty familiar with that, and that's how I make my my livelihood. Um, but then eventually it kind of became a spiritual interest out of psychology and meeting the right friends and making the right connections and having the right conversations. That's so cool. You know? yeah. It came to mind when you were talking of, you know, growing in, uh, in the countryside, which is essentially what happened to me. And I've been, you know, enjoying, um, the poet Mary Oliver. Have you, have you heard of her? I've heard of her. I've not read anything by her now. So she, she also she also grew up in the countryside and along with that in a super difficult household and, 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 and father. Mm -hmm. And I mentioned Mary Oliver to breach these these um what happens to people that have a lot of time in the in their childhood and I mean n now the the paradigm of games and, and the internet arrives anywhere, but like 15, 
or 20 years ago, it was not as much as the case. And if you go further back, even more so. And I found that <clears throat> I resonate with what you said in the sense that I had a lot of time in my hands. And as a kid, I spent a lot of time in nature. And that I attribute that to a sparking of, of that curiosity that you, that you spoke of. And, you know, it's go, going, going back and thinking about it, it's a lucky birth in that sense, a lucky yeah. um, incarnation, because that, that type of setting certainly gathered the conditions for, for a more contemplative uh, lifestyle. I really advise you guys to read a few poems of, of Mary Oliver. You probably already, you know, read one of them, which is really famous. It's, it's called Wild Geese, and it's a famous one. And it's beautiful. And he, she essentially dedicated her life to, you know, um, describe her relationship to God as she understood it and nature. And that's what her work is about, essentially. And very simple, very not not complicated at all. Anyone can get into it and you know get get the that you know what's what's really between the lines that that it's not in words. And she she can have that aspect of transmission to many people. I found. I can I can read the poem if you guys would like that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay, so this is Wild Geese by Mary Oliver. You do not have to be good. You do not have to walk on your knees for a hundred miles through the desert, repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. Tell me about despair, yours, and I will tell you mine. Meanwhile, the world goes on. Meanwhile, the sun and the clear pebbles of the rain are moving across the landscapes, over the prairies and the deep trees, the mountains and the rivers. Meanwhile, the wild geese eye in the clean blue air are heading home again. Whoever you are, no matter how lonely, the world offers itself to your imagination, calls you like the wild geese, harsh and exciting, over and over announcing your place in the family of things. And that's wild geese. I like that. Yeah. I can see why you'd want to read poetry. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> uh, I would check her out. Do you like art in general, Thomas? I suspect you do because you are um, connected to media, right? Uh, you know, it's kind of funny. Like, I, I think I like producing it. I don't consume it as much, except I guess for movies. You know, people, I run camera and people assume that I'm, I'm a total cinephile or something like that. Probably I, my actual deep art comes back from mostly poetry i like spontaneously started writing in high school and then uh, music do you play anything i've it, i'm like such a dabbler um I, my mom got me started playing piano mm. i don't play piano now switch to guitar and then the drum set oh and trombone wow but i'm not i'm not really good at piano or trombone now but uh some guitar and drums i could still oh that's lovely do you sing while you play guitar or, or just I never really liked my my voice actually funny I'm on a podcast <laughs> yeah I suspect no singer likes uh, his on her own voice I know I know I, I didn't for a long time I, I've been recording myself singing 
and nowadays I'm okay with it, but there's there was this long dark night of of, of the artist in my in my case, in which, you know, I wanted to, on one end, I wanted to express myself. And I really enjoyed that, you know, coming up with songs and the whole process. And then I found that uh, by recording myself, it, you know, you learn a lot. You learn what, what, what you do good, what you do bad, and, and, and can, you know, make ends meet in that sense. And in that process of recording myself, before even showing to other people, I, I really, it really touched a, a, a really um, dark spot within me because uh, it's like looking in a mirror, it's so vulnerable and um, yeah, it feels, it feels nakedness in a sense. And, um, and I took, uh, it took a long time to um, traverse that, that, that place and nowadays i can really say that i i don't like my voice i'm fine with it and people seem to like it so i i i just i just trust them <laughs> it's so funny i was listening to an interview with some famous musicians uh yesterday talking about who their top most you know ins inspirations mm -hmm. are and one of them was interestingly uh maynard james keenan from tool i oh, love him and you know he has such he has such a distinct voice singing but when he was interviewed he sounded totally different i had no clue you know it's, it's i'm like wow like it's really different well i was gonna ask you about um we're you guys were you guys were speaking about transmission and that's been coming up a lot for me lately i've been thinking about that um i have been thinking about how i can engage in such a way as to do that so i'm curious what how do you how how do you think about transmission, Thomas? When it comes to like talking about this and 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 transmitting, you know, uh, sending out your 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 pointer so that it it lands. That's a great question. Um, I think offhand, and I, I'm surprised to have immediately thought of this direction. But to me, the first step is you have to transmit to yourself. Wow. Right. So sitting and reconnecting in presence. Um, you know, someone told me at a podcast workshop I was doing, there's the outward one as well. Um, he said, you know, you got to be careful your energy. You know, um, if you're drinking too much coffee, you know, you're going to be wired up and that'll come across and you might have thin, a thin presence or something. And so a lot of people respond to what we call presence. So I think presence and transmission must be very connected. Um, so the question is, how do you settle your energy in such a way, you know, that feels like you're gathering some sort of power? Um, and then is that your intention or is it just a natural effect of your being? I, these are questions. I don't, I don't really know. I feel like it, it may look like intention at first, but over time, then it's just, it's, it's more natural because it actually is natural. Right. I think, um, but the, we're so busy up here and, and thinking and, and relating and all that other things and actually learning to relax that <laughs> is just your normal state actually. And being in touch with that. Yeah. I, I think you're right. Um, when I think about transmission, I am always reminded about timing and impact. And so I think the best way to have the best timing is to be as present as possible. And so, yeah, I, I dig, I think, how else can you be at the leading edge of the conversation, right? The person's talking or you're engaging this person, you're engaging their presence in it. I think you're 
the best way to do the transmission, right, is to be as present with them so that you're receiving them and not relating to them. And then that's that's kind of the the avenue that you're traveling along. Yeah, I like that. I, I've seen your your videos, Thomas, some of them at least. Do you happen to um teach in in person? Not yet. That's that's it's funny too that um talking about trying to get this stuff going in a in an act of becoming what i've discovered is that for me and i think as a general principle anytime you're trying to get going on something that's very deeply coming from your spirit Mm. it's actually also a vulnerability and i was so scared to do that for so long and there's like healing work i had to do and so like i just saw the the end which was oh i need this podcast and all this but in between where i was until now there's still this ongoing process of uncovering my fears. So I went through, you know, for example, after having an experience, the first thing I wanted to do was tell everybody about it. (laughs) Oh my gosh, this is amazing. You got to know this stuff. Why Mm. did you know? And that was for, you know, I call it the proselytizing. (laughs) Yeah. And then there was kind of the flip of it, which was like, maybe I'm not supposed to be doing this. I'm going to shut up, you know, and like, it's just absolutely don't spoil it by, you know, being too wide about this whole thing. Um, and then like even more subtle work, which is like, what is my motivation for wanting to do this? Like, am am I wanting to look special and superior and all this kind of stuff? And I think there's also kind of those more subtle aspects that you're at least what I would, what I would call existing ego wants to claim. Right. So that's still stuff I think I'm going through. Um, so all of that stuff, you know, family reasons, like do my Mm. parents, uh, support or understand what I would be talking about and like having to kind of grow through that, all of, all of that stuff. Am I going to look weird? You know, so n- to, to answer your question, no, I do not yet do in-person teaching. I, I think that potential is there and I'm, I'm getting to that point by trying to start here, finding a voice and that kind of a thing and see if I, if it seems right, if, if it's, if there's a response from the, the universe and that kind of a thing. Yeah, sounds like a good way to go about it. I, I feel I feel like we're on a similar kind of path. I know that we we actually talk quite a bit. Usually, we have some meetings that we attend uh, with some other friends, and so um, I'm always excited to hear what you're doing because I'm trying to get I'm trying to get out there too. And I like what you're saying about um, that. It is like it is being very vulnerable because um, yeah, all of what you said, the mind is is constantly trying to co-opt your experience and so here you are uh you know in a sense you're just doing it you're just being right but then the mind is like trying to say i'm doing it and so then you have to navigate you have to navigate that your thought forms basically and 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 keep finding that question definitely arises for me over and over again why am i doing this why do i want to do that um is this just some (laughs) like do i just want to get people to talk to me or something yeah how do you how do you navigate those questions (laughs) <laughs> one by one, <laughs> as we come up, <laughs> you know, um, there's a difference between, like, for example, I wrote a book a couple of years ago, not a not a spiritual book. It had that interweaving um, called Flashpoint: The Final Conspiracy, and I, I, um, the plot was great and all that, but I never that was never my ambition to become a writer. So uh, it didn't sell very much. I didn't push it very strongly, so I wasn't expecting it to. But there's a difference I found between really trying to approach something that feels at your truest core and the vulnerability that comes from that compared to something that's kind of on the on the side or on the sidelines so it's like if those things don't succeed well that's not a big deal that's not my core 
But when you start to do stuff that really feels like, um, this is what I'm here for, you know, you mm. immediately for me, I have to face like, well, what if that's doesn't work, you know? Um, and that's a real vulnerability because then there, that's, there's way more implication, at least in terms of ident identification, um, for, to put yourself out on, the, on that level. So it's the willingness to experience that. And it, it, in any time you're trying to do something that's, that's pretty core level, it's confrontational at the same time, at least to those mental structures Brandon's talking about and starting to tunnel through those and hopefully let go of some of it, you know? I think that's what you bring as a, whatever you want to practice. I was going to say a practitioner, but whenever you're engaging with a client or an individual, that's what you're bringing. The fact that you've done this work, the fact that you've invested in yourself and you've met these aspects of yourself, and now you can come from that place. So I, I think, um, I think what you're, you're right. You, and, and, and there's so many ways that we, we have, uh, sayings about that. Like, you know, you got to heal yourself first before you can heal anyone else. You got to put your mask on first before you put someone else's on. Right. So a lot of it's like, you gotta, you gotta show up for yourself first. You got to navigate those, those, all of the things you're telling other people <laughs> to navigate and you're, you're encouraging mm -hmm. them to do it. And, and I think in a way, just you having done that makes you very provocative. Your very being is provocative because you're so more, you'll be more in touch with yourself as you are. And, and I think that kind of resonates outward too. So yeah, um, doing the work, that's a big thing, man. I'm, I'm curious, I guess this is episode 13. Is that right, Rui? I th yeah. I think so how have you guys um, progressed as you've been doing this from concept to, to where you're at now? And have you had to face any anything like that, or was it just pretty spontaneous? You, you felt like, or how has it gone for you at this point in terms of maybe exposure feelings, or uh, just feel pretty comfortable now? Do you want to give it a shot, Brendan? Well, when we when we first started, it was so easy. I don't know. Just talking to Rui is so awesome. Um, it just seemed natural that we should do this. <laughs> so init nice. initially, I was just kind of like, I don't know, uh, what are we going to do? And then we just did it. And then that's kind of been how it is each time. Um, <clears throat> but engaging this way, I did find was the, you know, it's one thing to just have a chat. It's another thing when you're thinking about, you know, creating content. And so then all these cool questions start arising inside of you like, huh, what's the best way to, to engage the guests? How should I be a good host? What does a host do? You know, and all those, all of those things come up and you start to explore that. And it's really fun. Um, it makes me think about mastery. So, um, when, when I think my, because my approach wasn't to be, because I am a perfectionist, I had to already have navigated this stuff if I was ever going to engage in this. Um, <laughs> my approach was, nice. um, however it comes out in the beginning, I know I'm going to get better. And so I just, I'm very open-ended to it. And um, I was ready awesome. to engage in that way. So it's it's been really easy. And Rui makes it very easy. He is the best co-host. Um, <laughs> so he's, he's very accommodating and, uh, and he's just flowing off of him is easy. So the whole thing, it just come together really well. It's been, it's been pretty magical. Uh, you talk about filling your purpose. It, it just feels like I, I, it feels like alignment really that it all has coalesced this way. Yeah. F for me, if I have, if I have to go on about the process of the podcast, it essentially, you know, I feel that I kind of threw myself into this without knowing really what I was getting into. So in the sense of, for instance, having a structure or uh, uh, thinking it out, uh, 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 the structure of the podcast would be, it didn't have that much thought. Um, 
and and for me it was and it is a really humbling experience because first I, I don't feel that you know I'm not I'm not exactly the um, the type of person that I listen to when I listen to podcasts in the sense of I I you know I take a lot of time to um to speak uh, or or to form a thought in what I think and you know I like more fast-paced um hosts so in that sense I just threw myself in it and and asked Brandon because I had the sense that That's it, why you need Brandon right Yeah exactly <laughs> because I had the sense that he was really good and 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 really sharp in his um observations and uh and yeah it has been it has been like that and and the main if i would have to say the main thing in my mind that um that i have for for the podcast is to have a conversation without uh, you know having a lot of research behind the guest that's coming just getting to know the guest in 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 the podcast itself and and have that aspect of um transparency um shine through and that that's the only thing that i have in mind always i don't plan for anything else there's a big difference between being you know while we're recording in the middle of doing it there's there's no out you know like thinking back or whatever that kind of thing can happen so like i think when you're when you're in your doing your thing you know what i mean you can uh it's great you know you're in a flow and it's outside of that to me that's like am i you know the 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 identification process begins with thoughts and belief where it's like am i the kind of person that does podcasts like <laughs> i don't know i never thought like i guess i am now like <laughs> so this this like ch changing of beliefs that can happen through action um and you sometimes have to square it i love that you know with the with the thoughts and all that and that's there's a transformation that you can observe happening as you start doing anything i love the new like this absolutely as I said before, far from thinking that I would ever make a podcast, considering my ideas about what is what is a good host and what is a good podcast, and and to throw myself into this and actually see things happening, and <laughs> it's yeah, it's very humbling, and um, it it's a bit like the you know hearing myself for the first time when I record myself singing and all the um, you know the shadow aspect or 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 that process of healing that you were speaking about before comes up and and is 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 evident you know you can't really run away from that when you have that kind of self exposure to to make evident all all those ideas that you have uh, the ideas how you know you should sound uh our podcast should be, our host should be, all that comes to the surface and it's, it's a marvelous process. And also I mm. tie it a bit to my, um, my taste for art because as I said, as I don't have in mind that a process of, you know, researching the guest or preparing a lot of stuff. So it becomes more of an, a study of, um, creativity and in the moment. Yeah. Um, I was thinking that too. It's kind of like part of my practice in a sense. It's because it, you really have to, you really are engaging with yourself. A lot of, it, there's meta layers. <laughs> a lot of, um, yeah, a lot of my ideas about who I am, what's going on, all of that's engaged is, is showing up. And so I have to be present with all of that while I'm trying to navigate the, the thing. So yeah. 
the point. And as you start to do it, the, the, it's funny that a lot of things follow the action, right? Like your, your beliefs, but also caring about it, wanting to up your game, you know, things like that. So for my video production, I never, for example, recently cared much too much about like lighting. But these days I've really tried to start studying that or the same thing mm -hmm. with podcasting, you know, like listen to other people. How do they sound? How do they do the introduction? How do you know, how long are their sections? All, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, you don't have to, but to me, it's kind of coming naturally as just wanting to be better at it. Absolutely. Or even like I didn't want to. Um, what was it? How much prep time do you do like just to get ready and calm down, you know, make sure the air temperature is good, you know, in my house, all, all that kind of stuff, it's like even mm -hmm. little things, you know. I want to do a good yeah. job, you know, so that starts to happen. Absolutely. That, Absolutely. I also look forward to that. And it's it's been the most fun part for me is to the production part and, and making, you know, because I, st I always dealt with sound and music and I studied sound design. So after a few years of that, of, ne of not touching, you know, of not editing anything, then the podcast came. And I had to go into that again. And it's been super fun to, you know, pursue that excellence that you talk about and, and making things sound better. Um, uh, in despite of, you know, each guest has uh, its own um, audio set, so I, I can control that. But in what I can do, I always strive to um, make it uh, sound professional. And that's been really fun for me. Getting out there and doing it, making it happen, and, and then learning along the way. And I mean, that's what's always happening anyway. So <laughs> getting in alignment with that makes, makes that whole process flow smoother. Um, interestingly, part of my practice, I think my general practice kind of pairs in here when I think about navigating this, because one thing I'm always doing is whenever those questions arise about who am I, what is this, do I like this, I just cut those out. I don't give them any energy because whatever that is, it's just an, it's just an idea, right? Totally. So I, I love to return all the time back to the breath or just whatever. I try to just be present and, and not, not, not to wash those things away. I let them arise. But the more I do that, and I'm also understanding um, what it is I'm trying to do, uh, it's like what I want to do is I want to be open to being inspired. I want to let the thoughts about what I should do next and what could be done. I want to give those space to flow through. And I understand that the best way to do that is to be more open and then just kind of move in this direction. And if I get too caught up in the thoughts about what I'm doing, that creates a whole big meta layer of what's happening. And then all my energy's locked in there. And so I think about when you want something to happen, this has been coming up a lot for me, where attention goes energy flows, right? And so if my attention is on my thoughts about what's happening, all the energy's in there. And so all you're going to get is a bunch of emotion. That's what's going to happen. But if I'm if I'm focused on the right, right now and then kind of like in, in my intention and I'm just being intentional, then the energy goes into my life and me and it flows right out into everything else that wants to happen. So now I'm much more open. My mind's not cluttered about thinking about all this stuff is it's more available to for the the insights and the inspirations and and to see everything as insight and inspiration uh to serve what i want to do that's been kind of everything seems to be my practice now at this point that's beautiful yeah i to to uh go further on that in my experience um if i look back like the past five seven years it 
I was locked so much and, and I felt that my life was put on hold because in spite of me wanting to do all these things, this desire, for instance, of perfection or, again, thinking how things should be, thinking how things should not be, mm. all that caused such a, a stop in life and action stopped. Yeah. And the contrast to that now that I can attest to what happens is that there's only action. I, I don't care uh, at the moment to do or, or to imagine something, some ideal, how, how, how something that I do is going to translate into. But instead, I, I just follow what happens and, 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 and what I'm excited about. While before there was this prison, this mind prison yeah. of having ideals and, and thinking, you know, comparing, thinking that, okay, I will never be able to um, be as good as, as that guy. Or, or you know, th there's always this comparison. There's always this receipt for um, failure. And and that's a life stopper. And and all of a sudden, sudden that changed, and it becomes a play. It's literally a a sandbox. Wow. Yeah. And really, I feel like that wave hit you earlier. <laughs> and he was talking about it all the time. He was like, "Yeah, it's just happening, man. It's just happening." I'm like, "No, man. I don't know how you're doing <laughs> that." And very recently, I feel like I've gotten that same that same thing kind of has occurred, where it's like just pulling all that energy out of, like you said, it's a mind person about, you know, I can't control what people think about me at all, honestly. And it's none of my business, I think at this point. And so um, freeing myself from that frees me to just kind of, you know, do my best. Uh, but yeah, that, that energy you're talking about, I feel like it, it has a light, a lighted here. And now I'm kind of like, oh, okay, let's, how can, how can I just move now? What's next? One of the, one of the things I've been playing with is minimum mandatory which I got from um, Dominic. Uh, <laughs> he, he's a big proponent of this. Uh, he, we had him on a, as a guest a while ago. But it's like, he says, like, what can you do? That's just the minimum. Whatever you want to do today, if you could just do like 5% to that, what would it be? Like, even if it's just to write down a little bit or just do, I'm going to sit here and write a sentence. Okay, you wrote a sentence. If you do that every day, you'll have something better than if you just let that stuck energy get you stuck. And then, you know, sometimes... What you mean to do that minimum, you might get into it and, and do more. It's like that, you know, compound interest. If you if you do one percent each day, it's going to snowball into, you know, three hundred percent very easily. While, you know, striving for the best and and you know, wanting to work eight hours per day instead of, you know, just working thirty minutes and see what, what comes next. And you know, put your mind to the to a easy task. You know, don't don't make it big. That's what I've been doing. Don't don't make anything complicated. You know, I usually write down. You know, when <clears throat> when I have to edit podcasts, I write down edit for thirty minutes. Obviously, I can't edit the whole thing in thirty minutes, but that is my you know Kickstarter for me to start working on it. And I end up doing the whole thing, which lasts about three hours. <laughs> wow. I've I've been working recently, uh, getting back into Taoism a little bit, which 
for, for me right now means allowing things to arrive when they're meant to arrive, basically. Um, so what, how that comes up right now is let's say I can anticipate five or 10 things that may be coming and I can start worrying about them. Or it's like the time is not now, the time has not arrived yet. You know what I mean? So it's, it's a practice right now of just really waiting for that right moment to strike between like, say, recording something, doing the editing, whatever, whatever, going shopping, you know, like, Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I, it's, it's not flawless, but it's, it's the changes that the amount of anxiety from overthinking, mentate, mm-hmm. mentating <laughs> has gone down a lot. And just, and I think that's where meditation can help too. It's just like, no, now's the time to do it. And when the, when that moment really is here, then it almost is, it's effortless to get it done. It's just, this is what I should be doing next. And so I found myself doing like some of my job yesterday, my income work. Mm. And, you know, if I was conceptually thinking about it, it'd be, oh, well, it's, you know, after hours, I don't, I shouldn't be doing this. But actually, like, it was the easiest time for me to do that. It all, I'd worked two hours, got so much done, ready for a long weekend. And like, I'm so glad I followed and listened to that because it was the easiest moment for me to get that done. You see what I'm saying? As opposed yeah. to doing it early or waiting to procrastinate or whatever. Yeah. It was in the, in the right time. The mind really is a prison. It just told you, no, don't do that. You can't do that. And you're like, actually, I, I, I can. You just walk right past it. And that's cool. And it's, it's, like, <laughs> it's like, it's like, no, it really feels like now's the right, like the best time to do this. Just like go open your computer. And, okay. You know, <laughs> I guess I'm doing it now. Like, you know. <laughs> Yeah. I've seen one of your videos that you go into that sense of planning or, or doing things and, you know, more, more practical stuff. Do, do you talk? About that a lot? Well, I've only recorded and released a few videos. I would love to talk more about that. Um, that's a, it's kind of a question I have right now. Maybe you, you have some insight. The difference in life, it seems, there's these ebbs and flows of having to push versus not push. Or I'm wondering if that's the case still. Because like what I was just talking about with the Taoist stuff, maybe the pushing is, is easing and just things just come and happen as they, as they should, including decisions, including actions. So like, for example, let's say you're wanting to change your job or fly somewhere. It's like, well, you're not, you're not going to be changing your life if you're transforming until like two things happen. You, you tell your job you're leaving and you, you know, <laughs> tell your rent, you know, your, your property manager or you sell your house, you know, there's really mm-hmm. just two specific actions that cause this stuff to trigger. And everything until that moment is just thinking about it and wondering what if, right? Mm-hmm. So that, that's kind of a metaphor. I, metaphor's not right, but an analog or a small example of the general principle um, of how this works. So I'm kind of questioning right now, like, are there times in life you really need to like get, you got to sit down and do that editing and it needs to get done, you know, and like, Mm. I need to push right now, you know, versus like, versus just like allowing that moment to come. And so I think, I think it kind of goes back and forth in larger waves, at least so far in my life. Although I'm wondering if that's going to shift right now. It's like literally trying what I'm what I'm exploring over here too. Wow, um, <laughs> uh, I I didn't not Taoism, but essentially the same thing. Like, where does that come from? Um, to your point, I I think I think when you really get the hang of it, that question that won't make sense anymore. Because when mm. you're really in alignment with where all that is coming from, it's a lot. A lot of it. A lot of it is dithering. A lot of it is our energy is just tied up incorrectly and then um we're not aligned with where action comes from we're not aligned with our ourselves in in a in, a, in the correct sense and 
we're more relating to ourselves and then goodness gracious conceptualizing the entire thing and, and mm -hmm. looking at that and we're so engaged with all of that like Rui said that with their only being action the more we can just re recognize that then the more we make space for that to just arise and we're not a lot of it is what you just probably look at, we think about oh this should be this way that should be this way but the more we open to what what's here right now the more that will just flow it'll just come out and it won't even feel like work you'll be like oh i want to i need to type this thing and you'll just go type it and a lot of the time we don't type it because the mind sitting there going, that's not going to be any fun. We're going to sit there and I, I have seven other things right. to do. There's like so much stuff that, that you can't get to the action part. Um, or we could flatten it and we can look at it this way. And you can say, what if we, what if, what if we just look at what happened and we, we, we zoom out in time and, and we saw, okay, it took you, you know, 15 days to do this. You're in the moment and you you think about this, you're experiencing all that, whatever. But at the end of the day, you only moved <laughs> during those 15 days. That's what was gonna happen anyway, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like I feel like the more we can understand that, the less we we'll stop relating and then you just you just live life. You're just you're just here. You're just doing it. And you're not thinking about it so much about how well it's happening, what you should do next, and all that might still be playing out, but you're more invested in what you're doing right now. And then what's next? And you take the next step and you take the next step. There's only action. It's just, it's just what you're doing right now. And that, and that frees, I think that frees up the energy. I think a lot of us are misaligned with who, who is it that you're trying to get to do anything, right? It's like trying to make the tail wag the dog. Good question. To, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where, where's this action coming from? What is it? What is it exactly that you do? <laughs> yeah. In my case, if I have to, you know, put a label on what happened in that period of being so uh, miserable and, and not being able to do anything, really, what what really lifted the veil in that sense for me was what is in, in, in the spiritual circles is called the, the direct path. So investigating who, who is the one that feels fear, that feels the need for um you know be brilliant or be um better than the next one the next person all, all these things that put life to a stop what en ended up happening was that i didn't do anything because of this um <clears throat> this mind prison using that term again so i, I would love to hear you thomas because you you spoke of that that in your twen uh, 20s you were interested in these um, kind of investigation of um, you know who I am and and going to the core of of experience uh, versus the more <clears throat> healing aspect of, of the personality that comes up. How 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 did it happen for you? That's a that's a big question. Um, there's a few things tied together with that, but I think it was a pretty it was like a bloodhound on the trail of truth is how I felt at the time. And this Ooh, is all that. That, all that mattered to me really from about age 16, 17 through about 22, 23, maybe um, when I had a, a realization and leading up to it, you know, there's like, I have poems here kind of leading up to it. And, and I remember an experience I had at university where I was kind of asking, am I a robot? And I looked at everyone around me and it just seemed like, and there was also kind of a Nietzschean uh, experiment, which is like, why would I ever make a different decision that brought me to this moment? 
<laughs> and it's like, there's no reason I ever would have, you know? So uh, like, what brought me here? And so my perception started shifting at this time. And I remember very clearly looking out at the big quad with all the students walking around. And I'm like, oh my God, everyone's programmed. We're just like robots, just like, oh my God. And I like, my impulse was to, it was creating perceptual shifts where actually I was starting to see everything happening simultaneously, just arising, but I wasn't really ready for that yet. <laughs> and so I kind of was freaking out at the same time. My, my inclination was to just drop my book bag and start walking and don't come back. And that's how it felt at the time. But basically, like, I think you get glimpses and kind of build yourself. Well, at least that's, that was my path. Some people, it's just instant, you know, everything. Of course. And it led up to a pretty cataclysmic um, experience on retreat. But this was all, I was in groups. I was going on retreats. I was asking these questions. And I'm a little hesitant to to fully get into that experience at this point, but basically from, and like, is there, th you know, beyond, beyond and all of that stuff. Um, Cause for me, when everything collapses in, in like the, the reconciliation of everything and nothing, basically that's what happens. And, and that's what was seen. Um, there was no one there to see it really, but something emerges back out of that. And that's kind of the mystery <laughs> to me to, 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 to talk about something as a past experience, even though we know there's only now, right? So was it past or is it still right here? Is it always right here? You know, those kinds of contradictions, yeah. I still think continue to work through me in some way. But what happened, um, I continued doing spiritual groups for a while, trying to make sense of this because I didn't have much context to understand that. Um, at the time, which it sounds like a lot of that happens to a lot of people. I didn't know that. Mm. Um, and it's pretty challenging. And it happened, I was 22, which in retrospect, now I'm 39 now. So in retrospect, this was like before I'd really established any kind of strong identity in life, any kind of strong path or vector. And so there's, there's difficulties that come from that when like all of your conditioning and expectations of what, you know, it's, you think is going to get you somewhere and become something are kind of blown out. Um, so practically I've struggled a good bit in life just to like find my way, I guess you would say, cause that's, that becomes a centerpiece of my life. You know, mm. teachers like Bernadette Roberts say that there's this whole secondary second process that happens from that, which I can understand that, which is like that almost that experience itself becomes my idol. You know, that I, that everything, else in my life becomes almost secondary to that in a weird way and then your your ego magnetizes to that is how she would talk about it and then that too can drop um and there's a abiding you know <laughs> whatever happens at that point beyond beyond i guess um but anyway so for me uh, eventually i kind of crested this arc and i think there was a period for myself and others that kind of i would now call spiritually avoidant where just hanging on to that experience or hanging on to group work or whatever was actually really avoiding other things in life um, mm. between like stabilizing myself, uh, dealing with unconscious forces that were at work. So from probably about 2009 until maybe about eight or 10 years, you know, a lot of my friends of the similar age were kind of going through that, that kind of stuff, unpacking your family karma, unpacking personal karma, 
past lives if you want to get into that um healing work ranging from western psychological counseling to you know energetic um you know learning all about that stuff so it seems there's a connection between entering into a more abiding flow or an abiding presence with doing that healing work and so to me it was almost like the experience was the catalyst for gaining the power and the trust to be able to go into all of this other stuff which i guess you could say is it's all on the relative ego plane sure but you know that's that's kind of a question i have because everyone i've known plenty of teachers that have you know very brilliant teachings and it seems like a lot of unresolved or undiscovered kind of personality or karmic um components that i wish they would examine more deeply and not hide behind the teaching of the absolute you know the mind isn't isn't disconnected from what's happening so it's not like it's not like there's this there's this truth of what's happening and then your mind's just this lie okay that, that that's not the wholeness of the dynamic actually um the arrows are going both ways between what's being thought and you know what reality is is, is going into the mind and the mind is going into reality and the both of them are going this way and so that's why you have to clear this stuff. <laughs> that's why that's why the you you see actual um shifts in a person's actions and stuff because that there's there's you know it, the absolute is isn't isn't flat. It's not the absolute is 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 one thing in a big sense that's, that nothing is happening. It's like everything is happening all at once, all the layers and they're all going they're all going all the arrows are going into each other. You know, it, being a seeker of truth if that's your you're calling then it's in all domains right so um you know your know your mind you know as well um which is it which is a tough ask i mean i'm it not is. saying i'm done by any means you know definitely ongoing um so you know i won't get into the specifics at this point but for me it was you know trauma stuff that that just had to deal with and and unpack um there's a lot of techniques to to discover um you know, if you're younger and stuff happened, you might not have had language for it. So a lot of it for me was learning the language and connecting that with the emotion of it, uh, things like that. And it's a long process. At least it was for me. Can, can, can you be, I mean, I don't want to pressure to go into that, into specifics, but can you go more into that practice of tying the experience with words sure the the this was a trauma when i was a kid basically i was probably about eight years old and um it it started as a bodily sensation and i think a lot of it, body work has been very challenging for me i'm a very i've come from a very mental background my father mm -hmm. was a professor or was <laughs> he's retired and so that was valued and that was like the the top aspiration in my family was was intellect so my real entrance to spiritual discovery was actually einstein um and and that wow. sort of shifting my understanding of reality at, at that point um but eventually connected to what i'm saying about spiritual avoidance there's a point where anything you're not facing is going to start to manifest in your life uh at the same time so for me, it became obvious in like relationships, things like that, that um, mm -hmm. as well as just like a sense of unease in my body. And I started questioning mm -hmm. that using just inquiry, you know, like 
like, okay, I've tried, I've kind of avoided this for a long time. I think I should probably, maybe let's try a new, new tactic. Let me, let me face it. You know, <laughs> you know, um, so just starting to poke at it and ask it questions. And I had the technique of sitting down, um, is, you know, there's probably warnings against this. I don't know, but I've projected my own counselor. So in other words, I'd be sitting here on the sofa and I'd look over there and pretend there's my best friend sitting there asking me questions. And I would say, what is that feeling? Tell me, how would you describe it? And then I would speak and like, well, it just mm. feels like kind of a tension. Where is it located? You know, would you speak out loud? Yeah, absolutely. And I, it like, I knew at the same time, I knew how kind of crazy it looked, but it was like, I, I have a counseling aspect within me as well. Like I, I I'm a good listener and have provided that really for a lot of friends of mine. Genius. So I just like, well, I'll just do it for myself. Cause like, I didn't have a hundred dollars an hour to pay every week at that point. Really? <laughs> it's like, what are you going to do? Um, so yeah. at this point I haven't used this in a while, but I had my counselor, my life coach, and, um, I guess you'd say a guru, which I don't use very much, but anytime I'll occasionally sit down and just like, I kind of need to check in and I call it a session. It's like reserve an hour, sit down and just start inquiring. And so inquiry Love was, that. was the first real method. And eventually the inquiry starts tunneling into the emotional part. If you're getting honest about it. And mm. yeah, I had like cathartic wow. emotional releases um, a couple times, probably more than a couple times. It comes in waves. It's like evolution. You get, you get a certain amount done and then you don't deal with it for a while because you got to take care of the rest of your life, you know, and sometime later, another piece will come up. It's been a long, long process. You directly activated the healer. You, you engaged when, when we yeah. talk about healing, the doctor doesn't heal you. The therapist doesn't heal you. Well, all they, they can't get in there and get you to heal. Your body heals itself. You know, the doctor can support your healing. They can, they can do things to make it go easier, but the body, if it didn't heal, you, you would die. And the same thing when, with, with any therapist, all they can do is try to engage you to engage yourself. And so you just went straight to the source <laughs> and you're, that's, mm. that's great practice, man. And, and the, you know, one of my teachers said, your spirit is always trying to bring you home, but you have to give it the chance, you know? And so to me, the single biggest recommendation for anyone on this path is like, take time to listen and your spirit is not going to have a scolding voice. So if you're waiting to be scolded, it's not <laughs> going to do that. You know, it's trying to whisper to you and, you know, calm down and just ask it or ask yourself like, well, what's going on? My, my mind's really hot right now. And this is, this is me right now too much editing, you know, my mind's cooking. Like I need to go take a walk in nature. I need to go, you know, do some physical activity, you know, and it could be that simple, but, um, for me, yeah, it, it often is that simple, but in terms of the deeper healing stuff, yeah, you got to take, take reserve time, you know, beautiful. I really like that. I really like that. Can I read you a poem? Is that possible? Of course. I'd love that. Okay. So, um, This poem's called The Deepest Silence, and I wrote it at the, I believe it was called the White, well, I don't remember that, <laughs> near Crestone, Colorado. There's a sand dunes uh, national park, and I went there and took a walk up into the sand dunes and sat. It's pretty short. The Deepest Silence. Have you ever seen the deepest silence beyond the rustling wind? beyond the shattering strain of thought when the whispering breeze itself will pause to take a breath. 
There is no rail. There is no net. The silence is receiving you. That's beautiful. Thank you so much. Love it. That was great. Thanks, guys. Do you want to shout out your links so that people get to know you more? Sure. So currently, my main platform is a YouTube channel called Avenues of Awakening. And I'm uh, intending to also include interviews as you guys are doing. But uh, there's a website you can go to, avenuesofawakening.com, which has a forum and I, I post all the news there as well. So uh, I'd love to see you on the YouTube channel and beyond if you're so interested. <laughs>